Welcome to Unravel Our Travel, where two enthusiasts dive into their favorite trips, tips, and tricks. Hey, Jordan. Hello, Lauren. It's great to see I'm, your face. I'm so out of practice. Yeah, well, this, I'm sure this that feels once crazy. you get chatting, you'll get right back into it, so no worries. I know. Is this weird for you? I mean, it's like not weird for me because we still chat, but... Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of two things, uh, chatting with you, which I always do, and then uh, a video call, which is work. So, you know, it's, if anything, it's, we're more practice at it than when we started this. I'm going to start using phrases like, let's circle back, and I mean, are we, we can, aligned on that story? No, I mean, we can leave that in our day-to-day lives, but if you want to, if it makes you happy, we can certainly go through with that. No, I'd, I'd rather we didn't. Um, but something we have to acknowledge before we jump into today is that we would have had an earlier podcast to get back in, into things, um, but we are dubbing it, or I am dubbing it, the Lost Podcast in all caps, because <laughs> yes. I can't find it anywhere. And about two weeks ago, I was like, Jordan, I think we've taken a a good hiatus. Uh, why don't we record again? And Jordan said, we did record last spring, early summer, and you're supposed to edit it. And it was a, se- a part two of Scotland. So it was a very special one. And I found my notes for it. The laptop it was on uh, will not start. Like, it won't even light up. So <laughs> I don't know what we'll maybe find it someday. We'll recover it. We'll re-record it. Or I think Jordan should... I should just listen to Jordan's file and in between his like reaction to my storytelling, I should try to figure out what I was saying. Yeah, it's it's a lost tape now on one side. I mean, it's a half lost tape because we do still have my audio. But uh, I mean, this this happens to all great productions. You know, we lose some and it comes back. Maybe I mean, you hear all these stories about music artists who they lose an entire laptop full of albums and you know it's it just adds to the legendary status of them someday it'll come back our our adoring fans will in 10 years search and somehow recover the yeah the missing episode they could they could send you money and then you can just throw money yes. at your laptop to hopefully get somebody to fix it and then you can find if that only file. uh if only at Flixbus would sponsor us, then maybe yeah. I could recover the episode. <laughs> Still trying, but they won't return our calls. Forever adding them. <laughs> um, I have tagged them a few times and to no avail. <laughs> anyways, so anyways, we're back at it. Very exciting. Um, and what's really fun is we actually have a recent travel to talk about this time, or I have a recent travel to talk about this time. Yes, so, it's been some time for that, so it's perfect. It's fresh in your memory. We get to dig out all yeah. the details that are still crawling around in there. Fresh-ish. I was like, I remember this so well. It was less than uh, you know a month and a half ago. And then I was going through and making my sort of notes while I prep and going through my photos. Like, oh my God, what was the name of that mountain? What was the name of that hill? What was the story there? So glad we're doing this now. But we're jumping into Greece. I was in Greece um, about a month and a half ago. Delightful. And you have been there before, correct? But yes. you had gone with your family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the last time I was in Greece was, I think, our... 
summer before our sophomore year of college. So pretty young. Um, had not studied abroad yet, so it was really early on. I think I did mention it in one of our very early episodes, but it was the end of a long kind of European trip. And we just went to Athens and then took a ferry to like a tiny little island that uh, pretty much everyone touristing there was Greece. And they were like, how did you hear about this place, you Americans? Um, and that was also the island that astute listeners will remember Lauren had a moment on due to the ferry. Oh, you froze, but I'm pretty sure you're mentioning the worst hangover of my life. Yes, I am. <laughs> you froze, but I heard the intro to what you were saying. Yes, that was the worst hangover of my whole life uh, was my introduction to Greece. I don't think I posted the photo on our Instagram. I don't know that I ever will, but that was pretty atrocious. Yeah, That's so okay. good memories. Better memories now. <laughs> better memories now, though, so. <laughs> Much better memories. I can say I was not hungover at all this trip, and I think that's the mark of an adult traveling. Yes. <laughs> so. Because I, re- I was on my own schedule. Like, I made a four-page itinerary. I had been, you know, booking restaurants and things for months out. It, I was like, I'm getting up. We're getting up early. We got to see the sights. We got to go do this. There's no time for hangovers. <laughs> no, not at all. So no. So what was the style of this trip? And to start things off, uh, you didn't go with your parents uh, like you did last time. You went with a special someone. I did. I went with Hunter, who will play an integral role in the stories. And uh, kind of the format of this trip, booking it, it was totally spontaneous. Um, And also the elephant in the room, you know, with with COVID and and vaccines and conversations about traveling still being a very gray area. Um, This was right after we both got like our second vaccines. The world was looking great. Greece's rates and the U.S.'s rates were on a decline. We're like, by the fall, we never learn. By the fall, things are going to be awesome. And so uh, my mom, who's a travel agent, was kind of scrolling through some different deals that she has. And uh, she had one for Greece. And I was looking at it just over her shoulder. And it was this um, this cruise with the flights included, with like extra days in Athens, all of these things. And I was like, is that is that it? Uh, I came home to Hunter that night. I told him about it. And I think within like four days we booked. Um, So it was somewhat spontaneous in terms of the booking, but we booked it like six months out. So, you know, decent amount of time Um, and then spent the summer oscillating between planning every single detail and like making reservations and crying and panicking that it was going to be canceled and what are we doing? So (laughs) that is a reality of COVID travel and like the added stressors leading up all the forms. We took about five different COVID tests, doing everything you can. Um, It was on, we were able to travel safely, but this was um, a repeat for Athens where we did get really two full days there, repeat for me. And then kind of another sample because it was on a cruise. So we uh, had or we were in a different port every single day. And again, we've talked about it before, but there's pros and cons to that. We saw so much. I know um, areas I definitely want to go back to and areas I'm not interested in. 
but there's never there's never enough time to do it all see it all or eat it all which is the most frustrating part for me no not in our tiny little lifespans unfortunately Mm -mm. no and especially not when you know you get off the ship at eight and you have to be back on by five and they'll leave without you which they almost did to us one time (laughs) Yeah, we I almost think, stayed in Greece. I think we've spoken about this a little bit in the style of the cruises where it does provide an amount of uh, structure to your trip mm-hmm. from which it can take off a lot of the stress that could come from planning things. And uh, to your point, too, where you're going to these different locations every day or every other day that does provide you with that variety and also at the same time you do have that structured free time that you can use to get out there but it is it is like a double-edged sword you know because it provides you with that variety that structure but then you only have x amount of hours to make the fill of it exactly i think an ideal travel situation would be if you have two weeks the first week you sample everything and then you're able to, you know, take the ferry over to whichever island you want to spend a week on or two islands. So that's the dream life. We're not quite living the dream yet, but someday. Um, but to jump into it. So our first day was in Athens. We did, which I think this is most flights, uh, especially that far. But so we did like full overnight trip. I used to be amazing at sleeping on airplanes and I'm getting worse. Like study abroad, I could sit and within five minutes be on the tarmac, I'd be out. Uh, Not so much now. Slept as most we could, but we were like, we're going to hit the ground running. We're just going to keep going. And this was actually Hunter's first real international travel uh, first time using his passport, first time really flying that far, and first time experiencing, you know, jet lag besides out to Colorado. And I was like, you cannot lay down. Like, there is no napping until we go to bed. We have a set time. So we just went out. Um, and the first thing we did was obviously lunch. We just, we were so hangry at that point. We just picked a random place and, like, walked there. I think it ended up being on the outskirts of the Plaka which was cool and it was good and this really local fish. Uh, but we were so tired that we had no idea where we were. We were like, that place looks fine. That's great. So we ate there and then decided uh, to have our first run in with Greek coffee, which I have, Jordan, have you ever been to Greece? I've no, never been right? to Greece, but what does, what does Greek coffee mean? I've heard of Turkish coffee, but what's Greek? Greek coffee, I don't even know how to explain it, but it is so strong, so bitter. And usually, even if you get a large type of coffee, it's made with espresso-like coffee, uh, which even I, I love strong coffee. I love black coffee. It is, it is strong. It really punches you. Hunter was like coughing as if he'd like, you know, (laughs) smoked a pack of cigarettes or something. You like take a sip and you're like, oh my God, like, what is that? And especially they do a lot of um, what they call frappes, which I think you've had from probably somewhere in that region, but it's their version of an iced coffee. Uh, It's chunkier. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It almost is like a blended coffee. And even that I normally take my coffee black. I don't add milk or sugar. I had like I had mm. to through the rest of the trip, but it was the punch that we needed, uh, and it's a shock to the system every time that you have it. I remembered it well as soon as I took that first sip. I was like, "Oh right, that's what this yeah, is." Yeah, you're acclimated back to it. So, is it a type of americano where they make the coffee espresso style and then just pour the water in? 
I believe so. Okay. I honestly, I don't know enough about it, but it's it is similar to in Italy. Like they take their coffee very seriously. It's very strong. It's made in a specific. Uh, way in order and i do think that is how they how they make it i don't know exactly for the frappes but i think it's still made in a similar style because it it packs a punch and it's really better but it's good that sounds incredible Um, i would love to try that oh yeah i wonder if we could find i'm I'm sure sure there's somehow find something like it so we'll have to look that up but they are really good and even you know we were there september 24th or 25th we landed it was hot like blaring sun 80 degree like 80 degree days of course the first thing i noticed on the taxi ride from the airport while hunter was like drooling on himself asleep in the back but that was his only allowed nap of the day is like all of the like old greek men like sitting on the corner but everyone you knew was local because they're wearing especially the older generation like dark dress slacks with high sh- socks they all looks like my grandfather he was italian so he's probably mad at me for saying this but every single old greek man and every single old italian man i think have like i don't know some deal with the devil because they all look the same it's that but, and then style yeah and like like tucked in long sleeve shirts into a belt and i was like i'm sweating i had my leggings on from the airport still and i was like oh my god (laughs) so you just look at it and you're like how how are you doing this and i know you acclimate but it's just it's just still so funny i was like yeah this is one place that i will never ever blend in because i refuse (laughs) i like i'll wear a skirt instead of shorts or whatever but i cannot be in long jeans and 85 degree weathers in the sun not if you want to survive can't do it no yeah no uh so we had our frappes and our very touristy clothing and our first baklava of course and just decided to walk to the temple of zeus so i had been there before but figured like let's let's just go make it there by the time we finished the walk, Hunter was like, it's so bright out and I forgot my sunglasses. Oh so our my very first, God. <laughs> we were at the entrance to the Temple of Zeus or just like around the corner from it. Like we're where the, there's a fence and you can see Hadrian's Gate, which yeah. is, you know, kind of part of it. And we had to then cross the busy street to this little gift shop on the corner that apparently my mom said we stopped in and got something too when we were there. Uh, and he had to get his plastic sunglasses so that we could go into temple. I was like, we're so close to doing the first activity and we have to turn around. What? Uh, We got in and I just, I love the temple of Zeus. Like I think, actually, I think when I went last time, this probably on an earlier podcast, I straight up had a fantasy image that it was going to be straight out of a Disney movie. Like you could walk in almost a little bit what the Parthenon looks like at the Acropolis. The Temple of Zeus is like mostly a bunch of fallen columns and one really sick straight column and then a cluster of like four that are under constant renovation and upkeep. So having that tempered reality, I enjoyed it much more this time. And we listened... um, we did like Rick Steves tours everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought he had a Temple of Zeus one. We, I don't think we could find it, but it's just so beautiful. And like you can see, get your first glimpses of the Acropolis. And I think that was the real moment of, oh my God, we're here, we're traveling. I, I had like a really emotional moment there. And I think it was the first moment for Hunter of like, I'm just traveling in general, like despite COVID, like I don't, you know, he'd never been... Um, anywhere outside the country really so 
it was just a really striking moment at a cool place well that's the perfect time to have that moment too like when you're still in that deliriousness right off the plane you've had your coffee and then you get to that beautiful (laughs) vista with the sun beating Mm -hmm. down on you it was amazing it was just so lovely and uh that was one day that like i you know i make my itineraries and connor was like do you want to just like walk in this direction and i was like heck yeah like oh let's just walk yeah, in this direction <laughs> right so we left the temple of zeus and we ended up walking and just ended up in the national garden and it's funny because i had no idea it was the national garden like there was this cool museum looking building and then we were walking around. There were these beautiful waterfowls. I was like, wow, this must be something. Like, we have to be somewhere. And I had to pull up Google Maps to say where we were. <laughs> so I, the National Garden was beautiful. And uh, we would have passed right, you know, over it. From there, um, we did go back to the itinerary a little bit and wanted to make it over to, and my pronunciation on this is probably off, but Philippopos Hill. Hmm. Uh, so it's kind of on the other side of the city, think no we did we ended up walking all the way over there we had a long long walk we ended up walking insane amount of miles this day so we walked over there uh and it's a really um it's not a hard hike but it's like a mini little hike up so we did this mini hike up and you have these unobstructed views of the acropolis Mm -hmm. and there's a short monument on the top of it that you can see from the acropolis but it was cool to just get to see the acropolis from all different sides we had walked past it on our very long walk here uh, and it was it was qu- kind of cool to get like a little mini hike in and then get that view. So that was a really cool experience. And then we're like, we can fit in one more hill. So we this one, I was like, we are not walking because it was back on the other side of the Acropolis, basically. So if you imagine the Acropolis in the center in a straight line, Philopapos Hill is on one side. And then on the other side, the, the other view is Mount, again, pronunciation apologies, Lysabetis. Mm. So we took the a taxi over there and Hunter was like, let's hike up it. And this is really more of a mountain. By this time, we'd been up for over, t- you know, 24 hours minus the napping on the plane. I was like, yep. we are not hiking up this. So they have a uh, cable car. So we got on a little cable car, uh, went to the top and there's a, a old, you know, church in that classic blue top style. That was really pretty. And it was nice. I would say I think uh, it's more touristy than Philippopolis Hill. And that one I preferred. Yeah. Uh, Just the view was better. It felt more rural. This one, you know, there was people up there selling Mythos beer and Coca-Colas and random stuff. And it was just jam-packed with people trying to get a view, especially a sunset view. So we're going to stay through sunset. And the one other thing up there is this very expensive, very fancy restaurant because they know, like, if you're up there and you're hungry. You're trapped. So we decided, yeah, we were like, okay, we've seen the view. We've seen the sunset a little bit. You could see the ocean where we were leaving the next day, which was cool to kind of just see it. And it was so striking to see Athens, like, it's kind of uh, surrounded by mountains. And it is just people pushed in there. And it almost looks like the housing like starts to crawl up the mountains. And you can see where they just like can't build anymore is where they stopped. So it was a fascinating view to see that and see the Acropolis from the other side. Uh, But we left that, took a taxi back to the Plaka. And uh, my belly dance teacher actually grew up in Greece. And she used to dance throughout the Plaka. Her, Her mom has a studio there. Cool. And... 
Yeah, and so she gave me uh, a restaurant recommendation that she used to dance and perform at and was like, this is legit. Uh, and it was called Yeteros to Moria Restaurant. And it's on this tiny little side alley that is so easy to miss. We almost walked past it. And the buildings are tight together and it's kind of steep and there are stairs. But they have um, real grapevines, grape leaves growing all across the top. So you feel like you're indoors down this whole alley. Um, and we, the restaurant was just had like all these seats, like we were seated on these stairs that people were like passing by. It was just so cool. We had, a, we had our first Mythos beers there, which I, I love them. Uh, Are they the national beer of Greece or just one of the I, popular drinks there? I honestly don't know if it's the national beer, but it's one of two really popular beers. And I can't remember the name of the other one. So that is like the more prominent one. Uh, It's just really refreshing. It's really light. It's kind of what you'd expect in a really hot climate. Um, So it's delicious. And we had our first like lunch. We were just so lost and confused. I can't even tell you what I had for lunch. Um, and this time I was like, we're getting the grape leaves, which were the best grape leaves I've ever had. They were really lemony. Chicken kebab, some musica, like it was amazing. And the sunset and we're just, oh God, it was so romantic. Like it was just so beautiful. And uh, the waiter was like, don't leave the table. Like we're having, you know, uh, musicians come in. So then this like Greek traditional music uh, band came in. And played just like, of course, the entire month leading up to this trip, I was listening to um, Greek Taverna playlist on Spotify. And I was like, I know this song. I know this song, like dancing along to it. So it was just the most perfect ending uh, to our first day. And then finally, we made it until 10 p.m. And we got gelato on the walk back because Hunter was like, we need ice cream. Uh, And then we got back and it was just consumed by the blackness immediate sleep and my body was like oh right we've been up for a full day like you're just falling asleep in the hallway and you get to your room and it's just a constant momentum slowly going down yeah until you hit the bed <laughs> and then you're just out yeah um and then the next day was when we were leaving for the crew uh, or getting on the cruise ship but it didn't leave until late so um just to, a story to prove all planning sometimes doesn't matter you know me I'm type a I'm meticulous I don't know if I showed you the itinerary I made for this but it was like down to the minute and not that we had to follow it but I was like this is how we'll fit everything in and my mom was like just know like things are gonna go wrong whatever uh so one of the things I had done was for the month ahead of time I'm searching and searching trying to buy tickets to go up to the Acropolis like without without having to do a tour can't find them. They're not for sale. And I started panicking that, you know, with COVID and stuff, maybe it was sold out. Like maybe they cut the number of tickets you could get. So I finally found a tour and we were like, you know, screw it. We'll just pay the extra money. We'll do a tour. It's fine. So I buy this tour. I pay like 75 euros more than I would have paid just for the tickets because the tickets are like 20 euros. And I paid like 100 euros for each of us to go on this walking tour. We get up and we were staying at the Divani Palace, which I'd highly recommend to anyone. It's really centrally located. We walk to like one street over and you can see the Acropolis. We decide to get our frappes and some chocolate croissants. And I see a group of people waiting. Your pronunciation just then. 
I just heard what what I say. I heard croissant. Yeah, I heard croissant. I heard croissant. My chocolate croissant. Yes, I heard croissant. Anyways, anyways. My croissant, my croissant. Your crescent roll, as my crescent, my Pillsbury crescent rolls. (laughs) My croissant. Um, we so we got those. Not super important to the story, but now it's integral. It was delicious. And I'm staring as I'm eating this. We decided instead of like eating it where this group of people I saw was, we're just standing at a little table that they have outside in most cafes. And I'm like, oh, that has to be our tour. Like I can tell one of them's a guide. It's right where we are. I turn my back for 30 seconds to finish my croissant. And I we throw away our garbage and I look up. It couldn't have been more than two minutes. They're gone. Like gone. They've left before the time of the tour. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Maybe they went around the corner. So we go stand there and wait for a bit. Nobody comes back. I'm losing it. I'm like, what are we going to do? We're never going to get into the Acropolis. Like the tickets are sold out. I, like I couldn't get any online. So we go over to the, we run over to the Acropolis because we weren't that far. And Hunter's, like, going up and down the line of people waiting to get in, like, looking for anyone we recognize. He's, like, yelling and, like, is anybody on this tour? This nice tour guide comes over. And I'm, like, furious at this point. Um, Like, they left without us. This is ridiculous. And I'm trying to call their numbers and none of the numbers are working. So we're, like, okay, well, we'll just, like, go back. So we are waiting and waiting at the meeting point. And now it's like five minutes past when the tour is supposed to start. And this woman just happens to also be standing there. And I was like, oh, my God, did they leave you too? And she was like, what What are you talking about? I was like, are you here for a tour? And she was like, oh, no. But funnily enough, like I'm – she's like, I'm just meeting a friend. She was Greek. And she was like, I, I'm just meeting a friend, but I am a tour guide. Like I wonder if I can help you. And I like show her the tour. And she was like, oh, my God, like these tickets are for yesterday. I booked tickets for the day before and, like, didn't look at the date. And she goes, wait a minute. Are your names Lauren and Hunter? And I was like, uh, yes. And she opens her phone. We were supposed to be on her tour the morning before and no showed. And she was like, that's so weird. But all they don't have a contact there or something. So she couldn't get a hold of us. And we would have been on a plane anyways. But I, and I was hilarious. like... <laughs> Yeah, and I, like, start almost crying, so I'm like, oh, my God, like, we're not going to be able to get into the Acropolis, because it looks like, I was like, they must be sold out or limited, you know, entrance for COVID, and turns out, <clears throat> they she was like, oh, no, like, just go over, like, it's free weekend. It was a freaking free weekend for all of the national monuments, and I paid 200 euros to go on a tour, because I didn't think we'd get tickets, and then we missed said tour. But it was kind of funny that she was the person who was supposed to go with us. Like, what are the odds? Yeah, um, I mean, it's that is what are the odds type moment. But right? you know, you're supporting the local economy with your money, so there is something. In I it. did what I do what I can. I went. I immediately went from uh, being so angry and like self righteous, like how could they do this to me, and being like, I'm a straight up idiot right now. Like this is mortifying. And we just, we spent 25 minutes like wandering around and then we just like walked over to the Acropolis and it was still early morning. So like there wasn't a line, it wasn't busy and they just like let us walk in. It's like, this is so foolish. It's a good story now. Just, just like you said, it's a good story. And apparently they do it once a month. I think it's the last 
weekend yeah. or they have been doing it. So know that if you're going to visit. Yeah. Take and that. if you're, yeah, if they're not accepting tickets online, they're not sold out most likely. Um, Bella feels very strongly about it, as you can tell. About free weekend. She's like, yeah, she's very excited. Uh, so the Acropolis was amazing. I think I've talked about it before. Uh, I, it was a redemption moment for me because, again, on that last trip with my parents at, like, 19 years old, I was an absolute brat the day that we went to go see the Acropolis. I, like, didn't drink enough water. I didn't eat breakfast because I wasn't hungry. And then I was like, it's so hot. So <laughs> this was a redemption moment that I uh, used Rick Steves, which I made fun of my dad for using. And the kicker is my big thing was like, I just hated that he had it in his pocket and it was playing out loud. Like Hunter and I are going to each download it and bring headphones. That didn't happen. So we played it out loud. I was just like, I am becoming my father. I can't believe you um, I know. But you know what's funny? When you're at the tourist sites, like if I was doing the placator, that would be annoying. But at the tourist sites, like everybody wants to see it. And so the people who aren't on a tour actually come stand near you and are like trying to listen in and stuff so yeah, keep telling yourself um, that yep i was very helpful but the i highly recommend the rick steves tour i did not listen to a lick of it when we went before and it is unbelievably fascinating i learned so much i was able to like enjoy all of the monuments so much more so we were up there for like an hour um and it was just amazing And i think connor was excited he started like nerding out about like engineering stuff he was like or in construction stuff. He was like, did you see those crack monitors? Like, they're they're there to send data back to make sure that the crack's not getting too big. I was like, oh, that's cool. I just think it's really pretty. <laughs> Good for him. He gets some joy yeah. out of it. It was beautiful. And um, we had our first Euro after that. We went and had it somewhere you could sit and look at the Acropolis. And then just another imperfect moment. We were like, we have time. Like, let's go find the Agora, which is the ancient gathering place. Uh that I had toured the last time as well. I was like, wow, I can't wait to listen to the Rick Steves version of this because I ignored it last time. I don't know how we did it. It wasn't just us. It happened to, like, someone else we ran into as well. The walking directions took us somewhere that there was no actual entrance to the Agora, and it was so hot. We walked miles trying to find an entrance to the ancient Agora on foot. We ran into these British people who were like, hi, do you know how we get into the Agora? And I was like, I can't even find it. <laughs> so no. And we decided to go in opposite directions. We got to a point where I was not wearing shoes to walk that many miles in. My foot was just bleeding, like bleeding on the heel. And Hunter was like, you know what? Like, we're going to see so much. We've already done so much in like having 12 hours here. Let's just go back to the hotel and get our stuff for the cruise. And I was like, but you're going to miss it. And he was like, I think it's okay. Like, let's not have you limping for the next seven days. So was it because you were just wearing new shoes or what, what was the deal? They just were too like much my comp. They were my converse and the back just like cuts in and cuts in. So like I can do a decent amount of walking, but we walked like seven plus miles on our first day, the day before jet lags. And then we'd done a bunch, you know, on that Sunday and I was wearing the same shoes two days in a row. And it just, it was, I was limping. I was like in tears. I'm like, where is the ancient Agora? And then we get in the taxi and he's like, oh, I think I saw a sign that said ancient Agora entrance. And I was like, why did you not say anything? (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, we just uh, went back to the hotel, got ourselves ready, and uh, went over to the cruise ship and had our next COVID test. I think I was texting you during this, like, panicking, like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And then... crossing my fingers. Yeah, just the most, uh, the most exciting moment when we both, when I got, like, my approval before him and I was like if Hunter gets denied like do I have to stay back too which probably yes but I don't know how that would work um but nope we got in and I felt very luxurious because it was my first time ever having a balcony and we just like watched the sunset on the balcony in Piraeus which is the port over Athens and we became friends with our uh our next door neighbors one of which was British and one was from California um, they were an older couple who were really cool and ended up going to dinner with them and chatting for like five hours. Uh, oh. And then, yeah, and then we left port at like late at night at 10 p.m. And we just wandered around and like oh, that, the thing I love about cruising is like it's so relaxing to always hear the waves. And so like with the balcony, like leaving it open and hearing the waves was just so lovely. That would be the best part of it is it falling beautiful. asleep to the waves right there. And just getting to sit out there whenever you want. I, my gosh, I can never go back to a window or an inside cabin, which is not good for my budget. Or even just sleeping in our boring old apartments. I'm not going to lie. That was really hard. I almost, if, if, if Hunter and I didn't live together and I was by myself, I would have had like ocean noises on for the past <laughs> month. Because it was just so like, there was nothing more of like instant relaxation. Yes. And seeing the stars and all that. Um, but to keep it moving, the next day, because I could talk about that forever. It was beautiful. Um, the next day, we had our first stop on land, which was Crete, which is a, a really big uh, island. There's a university on it. I think for a while, it was actually a long time ago, was considered its own like state or country. Um, obviously not anymore. Uh, but the first thing we did was we went to the Palace of Knossos, which is really cool. It's a really important architectural site, but also like just in terms of understanding civilization. So, um, it was one of the oldest slash first signs of certain types of advanced civilization and the, what they call the Minoan civilization. So it was really cool to walk around that. Um, something I thought was really funny though is... Every single, like, little plaque there completely, I'm making this PG from what I was originally going to say, completely made fun of the architect that sort of founded and led the architectural dig, Arthur Evans, or I think Sir Arthur Evans, um, because when he was excavating it, and I don't remember the year, the methods he used were just atrocious by today's standards, like, if you Google Palace of Knossos, what you'll probably see is these, like, three painted columns with a sort of mural painting in back. Like, that's all reconstruction. But he would do reconstruction, like, not just, like, rebuilding. Like, I mean, brand new building of what he thought it looked like. On top of it, using concrete. So all throughout it, like, he would just have these things that, like, he's actually destroying the original stone and work under it because it was like, this is what I think was here. Let's pour some concrete slabs on top of it rather than using current, like how they would have built. Sounds so par for the course for the Brits and how they treat other cultures. 
Seriously. And then uh, the other funny thing was like all of the names. So like, for example, the throne room is the one that stands out. They still use those names because it's been around since he excavated it. But every plaque was like, what Evan's what Evan's so-called throne room? Like it was such passive aggressive politeness <laughs> because they were trying to say like what our modern day image of a throne room or what he was imagining is probably not what was happening here based on more research. Like, yeah. yes, he named it the throne room because there was a chair in it. Like <laughs> it's not what we picture as probably religious ceremony. So I thought that part was equally as fascinating as the actual site itself. It had some flair to um, it, some personality. Yeah, and it made me, like, really interested in this beef in the archaeological world. I was like, damn, Evans, what'd you do, man? <laughs> like, what'd you do? And uh, so it was kind of interesting. But we were, you can go inside the, quote, throne room. And while we're in there, all of a sudden, um, you know, the Greek security lady was like, everybody out, evacuate, everybody out, everybody out. And we're like, what the heck is happening? It was terrifying. So we get rushed out of the throne room. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then all of a sudden, we get no other explanation. She's like, okay, you're fine to go back in. We're like, what? And she said, what I thought she said with her accent was, we have a lot of archaeologists here today. And I just took that at face value, like, oh, they must be digging and, like, it could collapse or they're restructuring. I don't know. I was like, cool, there's ar there's active archaeologists. And then we leave the throne room and I get an email from a vineyard we were going to and they were like, are you still, can we reschedule to tomorrow because of the earthquake? And I was like, what earthquake? What is everyone, what are you talking about? Turns out... um, I felt the earthquake the morning we right before or as we were docking um there was a 6.5 magnitude earthquake or maybe I'm reversing those numbers but it was uh like pretty significant on the Richter scale um and I thought it was the boat like we felt it on the water I was still laying in bed and I thought it was like us docking. And I remember thinking like, wow, somebody just docked really poorly. Like I was like, what the heck was that? It was a it was a pretty big earthquake. Um, and so where we were wasn't super close to its center point, but the vineyards were, but mm. we only had that last day. They really, you know, we were like, we can cancel. They still wanted us to go. So we did after Nosos, after I dragged Hunter out of Nosos, uh, because he would have sat there all day. Um, and one thing I will say, yeah, but one thing I'll say about Crete is it's not like Athens or even other really touristy areas where everywhere you look is a taxi and they don't have Uber in Greece. Um, and I just kind of expected at the more touristy places, like we'll be able to find a taxi, no problem. It took us 20 minutes to find a taxi and convince them to drive us uh, what I read as 15 minutes. It was really closer to a 20, 25 minute drive to the vineyard. Mm. So we're like negotiating and haggling with him. We're driving out like very far away from any touristy things like into just remote civilization on the other side of the island. Um, and this guy you know, as we get there, he's like, how are you getting back? Who's going to bring you back? And I was like, well, actually, we really wanted to go to the second vineyard. That's like five minutes away by driving, but 40 minutes by walking from here. And he was like, you'll never get anybody to bring you out there. Like, 
let's just schedule your ride home. I'm going off. Like, I'm not working the rest of the day, but I'll find someone. And I was like, well, let's just not schedule it. Like, I just have your phone number, whatever. And he's like, you're going to get stranded out here and you're never going to make it back to your cruise. And I was like, maybe we will. I don't know. We'll see. But I'd already prepaid for food at these vineyards. So we got to the first one, which was Domain Petrianakis. And it was just gorgeous because there's these beautiful mountains in Crete. Um, but we were feeling crazy aftershocks. Like one of them, was they actually said was a second earthquake and not hmm. just an aftershock. Wow. And I guess they've becoming like more and more common in the past month out there. So they're kind of nervous about like what that means and, and any repercussions from it. And the glass had like cracks down like these glass walls. It was so sad. Oh yeah, it was really sad. Um, so they were just trying to like clean that up and figure out their insurance. But it was beautiful. We sat outside and had like this traditional taste of Crete. The wines were amazing. I have one on my shelf and I want to try to order some more online. Um, yeah. But halfway, halfway through the tasting, I called that Greek guy, the ta- like the taxi guy. And I was like, look what like when we'll pace anybody like we'll pay somebody to come out bring us the five minutes to the second vineyard and then get us back to the cruise ship and he was like nobody's ever going to do that and I was like, we will pay them to sit i will pay them to sit while we like taste the wine because i really want to go to the second one so he's like okay okay i'll make some calls um and he calls back he's like okay guy will be there in 15 minutes <laughs> and it was like the mo it was like slightly stressful because this guy was just sitting there at the second vineyard, which was called Lira Rockus, and was even more beautiful. Like you could walk through the vineyards and these staggering mountains that almost had like a purple hue to them were right there. And you're under this little like pergola with some like wine and I had pre ordered like uh, grape leaves and handmade Greek pasta. I'm making myself really hungry as I usually do with this. Um and I'm making cauliflower crust pizza tonight, but like the cauliflower crust is pre-made and it just doesn't sound as good as talking about like real handmade pasta. Can never be the same. Or dough. No. Um, but uh, it was beautiful, but all the whole time we're just like looking over the corner and our driver's just sitting there like on the phone. I'm, like, He's just I'm counting sorry. his money. Yeah. He's like, I'm just seeing it tick, tick, tick. But it's, uh, there are some things when you're traveling, if you have the privilege to do it where it's like, I'm already here. Like, this is not the part that's going to break the bank. Like, I'll throw money at this problem so that I can yeah. go do this thing. And I'm glad we did because it was so beautiful and delicious. Um, and then we did make it back to our ship. My mom's like, don't you dare miss your cruise ship, which was a theme of uh, this time. But it was just an absolutely, yeah, Crete was gorgeous. Um, I don't know if I would go back because it's very, like, city-like downtown. Um and I like some others more, but I'm really glad, like, that's where the cruise is nice, that we got to, like, sample it. Um, and then the next day was a very special day. Um, we were in Rhodes, and we uh, booked through my mom a, a mini sailing tour. So we thought there'd be maybe, like, 10 other people on there. There were two other ladies, so it was this, like, semi-private tour on this small sort of sailboat. And we were just cruising along the coast and stopping into little bays. Um, and like going and for the swims water. along the way. Yeah, like jumping off, j- like stopping in the bays and like sitting in the sun and like jumping out. And you could swim to the beach or just swim. And I found out that I love ocean swimming in Greece because it is so salty. 
and so clear which takes out two issues like you're not I mean I'm very good at treading water I won't say I'm the best swimmer but I'm good at treading but also like with the salt like you don't get tired as fast because you're more buoyant and then seeing it clear like you're not I don't know you're not worried about like something yeah. coming up and getting you and there aren't sharks in greece i searched that there's like i mean i'm sure they have a shark like wander in but they're not like in the area um so we were just like able to chill in the way that i never ever do like here in the ocean yeah I so that. it was just yeah and the water was not super warm but the air was and the sun was and it's just like turquoise and like you have this rocky coastline uh it was amazing. So it was already just picture perfect. So rocky we in the into... sense that like large rocks. Yeah. It's just super rocky. Like the entire coastline, it was not as mountainous where we were. Like they weren't tall, you know, sides of the island, but they were kind of cliff-like, like rocky, jagged edges of cliffs. It was really cool. And yeah. then the beaches, they were the three different beaches. Um, we really used the boat as our beach and like laid out on that and jumped and swam around um and did a little bit of snorkeling there wasn't a ton of like interesting fish uh the all the beaches were kind of different like nestled in the rocks and one was more sandy than the others so it was a place i could see going and like doing a beach vacation and people were like pulling up on their like vespas and all different stuff like around the coastline and plopping on the beach for the day um and our our, uh, our, I was going to say our sailboat director, our captain, I guess, was just this like crazy Greek man all up in some fascinating conspiracy theories. Like no, none, no harmful ones. Um, but just like also couldn't quite read the room. Like he kept bringing stuff up and we were all just like, we're just like on vacation. Like we just want to talk about how nice the ocean is and Let's listen to music. back to reality, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's not. Um, But he was just such a character. Like, he kind of made it. But in the second one, the very important story was uh, I took a picture at the front of the boat. And then Hunter was like, we need to both get a picture at the front of the boat. And I was like, okay, yes, I would like that. So after we swam a bit, we we both went up to the front of the boat. And this woman... That was the other one of two women on the boat was taking pictures of us. And Hunter's taking forever. And then out of nowhere, he was like, what's that over there? And I was like, that was a fake voice. Like, what? I don't know, but fine. And so I'm like, what? What is? I don't see anything. And I turned to look at the island. The boat jostles. And I feel Hunter, like, like nudge me. And I straight up thought this man was pushing me off of the boat on camera. And this was the whole thing. And so I was like, I was like, what the heck? So I turned around and I was like, don't push me. And like yelled at him. And I turned around and he was on one knee and he had a ring out and, and, um, you know, normal, very concisely spoken Hunter was just, you know, got right to it. Was just like, will you marry me? And, I was literally like heavy breathing and was just like, are you serious? Are you serious? And that's the first thing I said. And he was sort of incredulous as to the fact, why are you asking that? I was like, "Uh, yes, I'm serious. And obviously I said yes. And then 
cried a bunch uh and it was just a shock like it was like adrenaline I got I had like fight or flight but like not in a bad way like it was just like what is going on it, it was a beautiful um, moment and a beautiful area and it's great that you were able to get it on video and get some great pictures along with it too it was funny was seeing you almost fall over <laughs> Right? He, like, pushed me off the boat. And it added to it, though. Because I was, like, I started to be, like, why the heck is he having me look over here? And I was, like, oh, because he's being rude. He's pushing me (laughs) off the boat. But he was proposing. So it was lovely. And our captain, like, right after had made, like, lunch for us. So we had this, like, amazing um, lunch with, like, feta and tomatoes. And um, I think he made risotto, which is not Greek. But it was, like, the best pasta I've ever had. And he just kept pouring us, like, white Greek wine. Which is important to note that actually, I'm not a white wine drinker. I love white wine in Greece. Mm. It is amazing. It's just so crisp and refreshing. So we just had like cups and cups of like Greek white wine and got to like swim more. And the water was all sparkly and my ring was sparkly and perfect. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, And then we went back and walked around like the old town for a little bit which is this really cool like medieval walled town i think at that point i texted you you were like one of the first people i texted (laughs) well it was funny because you were like i'm bringing back the best souvenir ever and it was just a text and i was like okay and are you like are you gonna tell me like do you want (laughs) me to wait anticipation is it for (laughs) me is it for you and then you were like no there's a picture got (laughs) me I was like, oh my god i know well my service sucked like yeah i got that out to you and then we obviously got back to the ship and we're like okay we have to call certain people we have to text certain people whatever before you know we it gets out and we hunter the dang boy we had like 250 internet minutes included in this deal on the ship because yeah. service sucks and why you know wi-fi on cruises he used all on the very first night researching the places that we were going to be going to that he hadn't researched in, like, the month leading up to the trip. And so we had no service. We ended up paying, like, several hundred dollars, I think, trying to get the Wi-Fi to work on the boat That's funny. just so that we could, like, call our parents. <laughs> but it was fun seeing people's reactions and then yeah. just getting to, like, sit on the balcony and, like, go to dinner. And it was nice it was at the beginning because then the rest of it was, like, we actually lost service for a few days, or I did. And so it was like we got to be in our own little bubble for a bit. But yeah. definitely the, uh, the high point of the whole trip, I would say. <laughs> Understandably, yes. <laughs> it was awesome. I, and I it couldn't have been more perfect. Um, I don't think the rest of the days will beat that. But to continue on. You can do your um, best to try to beat it. I'll try. We'll take a vote. What was the most interesting thing? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure other people will find other parts interesting, but I was like, wow, that was a real life-changing moment. I still just, like, look back at pictures of it. I'm like, oh, that was paradise. I, I, yeah, I think that's normal. I think you should be. I would like to go back. <laughs> um, The next day was Mykonos, which, and, and it was Hunter's birthday, so big, big stuff going on, big trips. Um, And we, the first thing we did, we got off the boat in Mykonos, and it was absolutely gorgeous, and not a lot of people had you know gotten up yet it wasn't really busy since it was his birthday he just found the biggest like hill he could find near the water and he was like we have to walk up it like up all the stairs and i was like this is just so rude but i wasn't allowed to complain 
because it was his birthday. <laughs> so we went up all these steps. It wasn't that bad, but I was just whining that it was the first thing. I think it was you're actually cool. to whine a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think so too. And then uh, it was cool. It was like not one of the main windmills that you see, but it was a like old windmill. We got a really great view of like the whole coastline and um, the houses that you would picture, like the whitewashed houses. Yeah. And uh, and like colorful, and then down to the like row of windmills. So it was actually ended up being a great spot to kind of like get a lay of the land. Um, and we just kind of wandered onto it, which I do miss. Like I think. Uh, our next big trip, I want to do not a cruise or like less itinerary focus so that there's more of that of like just wandering around mm-hmm. and stumbling upon and like, stuff. Yeah, mixed. seeing what you just fall into. Yeah. Um, but then we went and took a ferry to Delos, which is a small island across, kind of across the way from um, Mykonos. And according to legend, it's where uh, the gods Artemis and Apollo were born. Um, and it was cool because there's like this area of palm trees that actually they had to replant um, because the recent one like fell over or the really old one fell over. But they say that their, you know, goddess mother actually gave birth holding on to this tree and a lake formed was formed around it. And so they have like if you Google Delos, there are these like um like they they what are they're not cats but they're like these big statues of like wolf cat things and they're staring at the what used to be the lake with the palm tree because they're they were constructed there to protect it but mm. it's just the most amazing archaeological site i would say 100% book a tour for it because there's no plaques and like you could wander there for two whole days and not see everything um the detail they had of being like, this was a fishmonger because we found, like, actually, I liked it more than Nosos. Like, they, it was just incredible, the detail they found. Like, we got to sit in an amphitheater. And so is it inhabited still, or is this, like, an archaeological no, site to itself? It's it's an active archaeological site, but um, it had been inhabited and was actually a really interesting island because... They found um, traces of people with multiple different religions and areas to worship these different religions living together peacefully. Like they found remnants of um, like Judaism and other faiths, like all living there at once. And it was pretty highly populated Mm. Um, and it was wiped out. Uh, when one of the emperors was trying to take reign and basically this literal pirate that was, um, loyal to that this emperor came and slaughtered every single person living there Mm. and they wiped out an entire inhabitant and since then um it became a place where people might stop for a little bit and like the looting that has been there is insane like so many pieces have been taken apart some of which you find of course in museums around the world yeah um but just looted and looted but it hasn't been truly inhabited since that sort of massacre situation but what they found is it's just amazing and like there are archaeologists living there now so you can actually see their little homes that they have built um and they're doing some major reconstruction but half of it is like a where the inhabited area was it's set up almost like a mini town oh cool um and the romans were there for a while like they took over it of course so there's one really well-preserved mosaic Mm mm-hmm in one of the fancier dwellings. And then on the other half, 
um, it was really the like pilgrimage site and like incredible um, religious aspects to it. So it was really interesting. They had an agora. Um, something I thought was really funny, like looking at how the gods were used politically, even back then. Um, the national like quote bank. It was basically, you know, like a vault box, old box type thing that had a bunch of gold coins in it was put there. And after some of the raids, um, basically Athens and some other, you know, before Greece was Greece, they all were like, let's all pay money into this fund, all of us, to equally say that we'll help protect each other and we'll use this for an army if we're attacked by whoever. And so this used to be on Delos because it was a major religious site to the god Artemis or Apollo specifically. And then Athens came and said, well, now, you know, our patron uh, god, goddess, is Athena, the god of war. And so the bank should be located with the, that is like the bank that is the payment into a potential um, army. should be resided over by the goddess of war. And so they took the money, effectively taking the power with them to Athens and then ended up, you know, using most of that money to turn Athens into the crux of civilization (laughs) that it was. And I was just, uh, it was so interesting. The woman giving the tour is Greek and clearly from one of the islands. And so the view of Athenians even today is in that story, I think. But also... um, it was just so interesting to think of, like, the political goings-ons that were used, like, that's br- a brilliant move. Like, you can't slight the god uh, Apollo, but you should have the money for the army overseen by the goddess of war. Yeah. So, one thing I wish we did was there um, was this cool uh, sort of hike up this very tall hill um, that they said would take, like, half a day. And if you go to it, you can see all the Cyclades, which are like those major like Santorini, Mykonos, like the mainland. You can see all of them from this viewpoint because it's sort of central. Um, So that's just such a cool thing to see all of the islands and the Cyclades there. But we did not have half a day. Um, So we took the ferry back to mainland Mykonos and had the best meal of the entire trip at this little place called Captain's. Um, and it, it's not in Little Venice, but it's sort of near Little Venice. Uh, and you could see the water lapping and the food. I can't explain to you how good this food was. Like we, (laughs) it was sort of a sharing place. And so we ordered a ton of plates and then I fell in love. I met my favorite food. I mean, they had amazing hummus and pita, of course, but, uh, saganaki, which is basically like it's fried cheese but it's like a block of like almost a brie like fried cheese served Mm. with usually like a fig jam you can almost think of it as a giant fancy mozzarella stick it was unbelievable i miss it my mouth is watering it was like salty and like the fig jam was sweet um we had i think maybe falafel like we had so many good things it was just amazing and a mythos to wash it down and then we looked and we had like minutes until our boat was like like you needed to be on the last ferry back to our boat or tender back to our boat because you had to take a little boat to the big to our big boat and we're like we can go see the windmills like when are we going to be back we have to go see the windmills so we kind of more leisurely 
maybe we had 20 minutes but we more leisurely like strolled through and there's no straight path to get anywhere like these are little Those, alleyways yeah, that zigzag streets. yeah like picture any of those classic like mykonos insta photos like which we got some cute ones and everything's like whitewashed and oh my god it was so beautiful i wanted to like wander into like every little shop we're like keep focus keep focus so we get to little venice which is named that because um it kind of looks a little bit like the style of some venetian houses and is like colorful and stuff right on the water but it's where a lot of trade with venice would happen so some venice merchants actually ended up living there and there's restaurants all along there i was like i want to sit and have a drink here i want to come back at sunset we walked across this beautiful little sidewalk that the water was like washing up on we made it to the windmills and the funny thing is earlier in the day we got this pamphlet that had a picture of a pelican on it like one of those giant, giant birds. And Hunter was like, I want to see that today. And I was like, what are the odds you're going to see a pelican? As we're walking up to the windmills, there's a giant pelican like on the ground that people are taking pictures of. I was like, damn, made that birthday wish come true. You're just carrying around some luck in your pocket, aren't you? Seriously. And we we went over uh, to the windmills, which are cool. It's more of like, you know, you're not going to spend a long time there, but it is striking. They used to keep grain in there, but it's it's more just to, like, see it. Like, they're pretty famous. Take a picture. We looked down. We had, like, seven minutes, like, <laughs> six minutes to get back. So we literally ran, like, ran across the wash water. We're running through. I'm like, it was the most cardio I had done on the trip that far. And, like, the cheese saganaki was, like, sitting heavy. We rush back, we make it back, and, like, they were loading, um, like, trap because the crew would come over on that last boat, too, and so we had to wait for, like, 10 minutes to board the, the little tender, and I was like, ha, we made it, we're safe. We could have walked this entire time. We could have gone into a shop. My mom was like, oh, my God, and sadly, that is our not worse, almost missed it story. We're very close, though. Um, uh, that's too close for me. So that was beautiful. With. We went back and we had like a fancy dinner that night on the ship. Oh, just wait, Jordan. Just wait. I don't know if I told you this actually. Maybe, maybe I did when I when we get to Santorini in a minute. Um, we had a lovely dinner. One of the nights we salsa dance. Like we were doing stuff every night on the cruise ship, but also like it's not like a Caribbean cruise. Like we are old. We were like, man, we made it to like eleven midnight. Like we gotta go to bed because we gotta be up early. So the next day we were in Catacolon, which is also known as like Olympia. And it's supposedly where like the Olympics started. I say supposedly because if you Google that, like it comes up in a few different places. But they have an Olympic stadium. We had the best of intentions that like we're going to get up. We're going to take this train to the Olympia. We're going to look around it. Then we're going to do go do casual stuff. We were so tired. This was like day six of nonstop like run, 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 see this thing, this archaeological site. And we both were like, we're skipping it. Like, you can only see so many columns. And, like, I know it's going to be a controversial decision, but we just couldn't do it. So we skipped Olympia, and we got on what they call the tourist train. And it's this, like, silly little, literally, like, it looks like a fake, like, little kid's train. Hmm. And it stops at a few places it stops at a vineyard which we didn't have time to go to and then we just went to this beach called san andreas and like nobody was there it was crystal clear water and like kind of rocky but we found a sandy part and we just like swam and like napped on the beach for hours it was amazing we took a little hike through these olive groves um which i tried to eat one off the tree 
cannot do that. It was terrible. Um, that was beautiful. Yeah, and that was like, if you do that. oh my God, it, it was so bitter, which like leads me perfectly. There's nothing we, you know, we got lunch and got on the boat and like went and did the boat activities. But the next day uh, we negotiated a, uh, we were in Corfu and we negotiated a taxi to the beach, which I'll talk about in a second. But the, it was a kind of a long drive and the guy was cool. So he was talking to us and he was, he, we were talking about olives and he was like, yeah, yeah, never eat one off of a tree. And I was like, oh, I, I did that. And he's like, it's terrible. But it was cool because he was saying like where he's from in Corfu, still to this day, like he was like, oh, yep, it's almost olive harvesting season. So in the next month, you know, all everyone around us will be making their family olive oil. I just finished bottling my like family wine. Um, and then they all like go and taste theirs. And cause it's like different families just doing it their own way. That's been passed down to all taste different. I'm like, we don't have like most, at least like, I don't know, like I'm Italian by, you know, by ancestry. Like I feel like mainstream American people like we don't have anything cool like that and like I want something that's like besides baking cookies and Christmas that's like oh yes like we're making our family wine or our family jam like I don't know so that's my new goal is to come up with what that thing's gonna be I think that could be fun uh right? my host family make makes wine just to your point really? about that yeah I think it's like a cultural thing about like I don't know it goes back to like I think like shopping ways like a lot of people will like in Europe will go shopping that day of and cook with yeah. fresh vegetables or grow their own stuff and we're not like that Jordan do you want to join my tradition of like making jam each like not jam but coming up with something that we do but we'd have to grow our great like that's my thing is <laughs> we need to like grow our own grapes if we're gonna do wine I can do like a stem of grapes maybe and we'll have to work okay, with so that. could you start growing the grapes? Because I'll, we both know I'm not going to grow anything anytime soon. I'll do soon. like a shot of, of wine at the end of it with my stem Well, you just get, well, maybe if we like, we could buy, we could purchase wine, like, I was about to say wine grapes, which is grapes, but like not supermarket grapes, yes, like grapes yes. to, High quality, to make wine with. Organic yeah. grapes. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, now that I say it, I don't think that the people in, in Corfu grew their own grapes because um, we drove by this like wagon covered truck type thing and there were people in line at it. And he was like, oh, yeah, those are like residential people that are getting there yeah. like grapes. So, you know what? We could we could buy grapes and just make wine. I'm we'll down figure, for that. Yeah, I we'll think it counts. It out. The Jordan so we'll, blend. Yeah. And then like. We'll, we'll tell our families it's a cultural thing and but yeah. it'll only be our families and they'll be like and then that's how it's to starts. all the kids that yeah to all the kids at school they'll be like when does your family make the apricot jam and be like oh that's just uh the jordan <laughs> clan and the lauren clan <laughs> but so that was cool like hearing about this guy's traditions um, and he took us to somewhere called Paleo Castriza Beach, which if you look it up, it's like one of the most beautiful beaches in Corfu um, and really highly rated in Greece. And it was just so striking. It was the only day that it was like a little bit cloudy, though, which was sad because it was like our, you know, main beautiful beach day. So we got there. We had another frappe like at a little cafe and then um, kind of just hung out on these chairs. And like, it was just striking though. Like we we're in a little bay and there were two big cliffs 
uh, sort of in our vision in the front. So it created this like circular vision of the water coming in. And again, just like swam out way further in the ocean than I ever would here. Mm. Also because the waves were not as nuts as the Atlantic. Um, and then every little bit, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh my God, we're in the ocean. I get freaked out, but it was shiver. so fun. Yeah. I felt like a little kid again though, like, which I have in a while where you don't want to get out of the water. Like I was like, I'm going to keep going. And we bought some goggles to look at uh, some of the fish. So it was beautiful. I That is one place that we definitely want to go back to for like a week or half a week because they have mountain biking, they have hiking. Like it's a really like hilly mountainous um, island. Mm -hmm. And so between like going and doing some active stuff and then just sitting on these beautiful beaches, um, there were so many things I wanted to do. And that was where we actually were going to take the high speed ferry for like 30 minutes over to Albania. But with COVID, we just were like, let's, Let's not yeah. risk it and do the research and how that would work. It would be cool if you had made it out there, but understandably, it would be pretty tough. Yeah. It was hard. And so that was pretty much our whole day. We had a really early um, time that we had to be back on the ship. So um, actually, we got one more euro because it was going to be our last euro. So I got a last euro and a beer. Then we went back to the ship and, you know, just hung out on the balcony for a bit. And we had fancy dinner reservations that night at mm-hmm. Le Bistro. And, Le Bistro. Um, Le Bistro, which was awesome. And our, like, older couple friend joined us again. So we had, like, uh, last night having dinner with them because we were on Santorini for dinner. And then, like, first night having dinner with them, which was mm. kind of fun to bookend it and listen to some amazing music every night. Um Finally, our last day, which is good because I'm getting very hungry. This is going <laughs> Just on. Just think about the I'm cauliflower extra pizza. Long. I'm so – it's not going to be as good, and I know it's not. <laughs> and then I'm going to just, like, want bad pizza. Like, I feel like for every piece of cauliflower pizza I eat, I'm going to want, like, Domino's. Like, not even, like, good quality. Yeah, low-key sometimes you just got to have Domino's. Just, like, pull the Band-Aid off. It's I know. good sometimes. Worst case- Worst case scenario, I also, I really like doing, um like, flatbread pizzas on, yeah. like, little tortilla wraps. Yep. So, I have those on the side. We'll see. I'll let you know how the cauliflower, <laughs> I'm not even making the cauliflower crust because I refuse to do that. Good. That's way too much work. You have to, like, put it in, like, a cheese bag. <clears throat> yeah. No way. Um, so, our last day was Santorini, but we didn't dock until noon. So, we got to kind of enjoy breakfast, uh, like, wander around the ship. And then um, see just, like, the beautiful, like, how mountainous it was as we pulled in. So we got to really enjoy that, especially from the balcony. We ate cake with uh, um, coffee stirs because we couldn't find forks. And we had a cake that my mom had put in our coffee room. Coffee stirs, so as like, the, yeah. like the wooden Little ones? Little wooden things. Yeah, I used it like chopsticks. And there's a photo with, like, Hunter with, like, almost a full cake in front of him. We're just, like, eating it on the balcony with this beautiful background. At least you weren't using your hands. See? We're civilized. Um, but when we first got there, we were in... Fira in the old port which is like the famous like 575 stairs up um and Hunter was like we have some time before our tour like let's go walk those like, what the f-? so Why like you two thirds people were like passing us like they have the donkeys but like 
I didn't want to go on the donkey because it looked kind of sad. Like, I didn't know they were giving it enough water. And it wasn't in, like, a traditional village where I was like, this is just for tourism. I was like, I felt bad for them. So well, I didn't like want to go on a donkey. It's like seeing the horses going around in cities. It's like, there's... Yeah. It's not like, right. do they have a good life? I don't <laughs> no. know. Like, it's fine for those that did it, but... But the thing is, they would, like, poop all over the stairs. So then you're just, like, avoiding donkey poop and other excrements. And, like, it smelled in some parts of the stairs. And the sun was so hot. I got, like, and I was trying not to breathe through my nose. And, like, I got so cranky uh, probably two-thirds of the way up. And I was, like, I'm done. And we were, like, 100, maybe 100 to 200 stairs away from the top. We had a uh, tour to catch, so I threw a little bit of a hissy fit, and we turned around and like jot, like Didn't trotted even make down it up the to stairs. The top. <laughs> no, we did not. Uh, we made it very close though, and it was—I will say—it was beautiful. And it's one of those things that, like, if we were there for longer, and I'm not rushing, I would—I would definitely do it. I think it's gorgeous, and we have some great pictures. It was a cool experience. But, like, be prepared for foul donkey smells. And I was just worried that we'd get to the top and there was this like steep cable car going up and down, but like there was probably a line. I was like, we're going to miss our tour because we wanted to go up like the 600 stairs. They need a slide up there, honestly. They do need a slide. So we went down um, and we got on our tour, which was on this like really cool kind of rustic, but old, old, our big, big um, old styled sailboat. And we went out. Uh, it was really rough seas that day, but we went out and we got this really cool view of, um, we were in the caldera, which is basically the circle where Santorini was formed because of, a vol- or formed as we know it today, where there was a volcanic eruption. Mm-hmm. It basically collapsed and then um, the full circle used to be connected, but the land bridge broke. Um, and we went over to uh, Nekamani and Paliakamani. Nekamani being the island we went to, which is an active volcano. Uh, so it's still active. Um, and there you do this little hike to like points A through E. And it was really cool because it was all this like old lava rock. And then it would drop to this like greenish sea because of the sulfur. And you can see like the stairs in the distance that we had hiked. Um, and there's certain points where you could actually see like steam coming out of the ground out of these vents and like smell the sulfur. So that was wicked cool. Did you touch um, the ground? Just to beautiful see if you view. And that was it. one of my favorite things. Yeah, it was hot. So it was like one of my favorite things to be like hiking on the volcano. That was really sweet. Yeah. Um, it was just beautiful. It was really windy, but it was gorgeous. And then we got back on the boat, of course, had our mythos um, and sailed around. I don't know if it was considered Paleokamani, but it's this area kind of in between Nekamani and Paleokamani um, that is oceanic uh, hot. What is it called? When. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of the word? No one like sulfur and volcano makes like a, a natural hot tub hot spring. It was an oceanic hot mm. spring. Um which I'd never been in. Like I've been in some in the mountains or where they're piped into like pools in Colorado. Yeah. But uh, this was cool because you have to jump off of the boat kind of far out. And it was really, really cold. Like not Atlantic cold, but like cold water. 
and you're shivering and then as you swim towards this like like just piles of rocks type of shoreline kind of like volcan volcanic e rocks um it gets warmer and warmer just naturally yeah um and it the the uh water turns from this beautiful aqua blue to like brown brown muddy because of all the sulfur but it was so cool to swim around and it was like warm and you're in this like little cavern could you Um, smell the sulfur when you were swimming too yeah it wasn't the same as like right out of the vent but it had like a smell to it and then like they say that the mud like has all that good properties so people which including us like you know like putting it on your face and like your arms and like rubbing the mud in so there are some funny photos and that was just I think those two things combined were like some of my favorite activities that we did because it was like you know kind of active with like the swimming and it was a really a rough sea day so you did have to like swim yeah. well um and the hiking on the volcano but it was also just so different um and kind of such shocks to the system like jumping in and all that that it was great we got back and we were running a little bit behind and this is where things started to fall on the timing so i had made like a month and a half in advance these um reservations at a nice restaurant called castro which is like k-a-r-t-o it means castle and that's because and i made them specifically for sunset because uh Santorini gets some of the best sunsets in the world. Like, the show is unbelievable. But we were in Fiera, and Ia, which is spelled O-I-A, but pronounced Ia, is where you get the best sunsets on the island. So I, in my research, we took this cable car up, and then it should have been, like, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, based on what I looked at. But, again, like, the streets aren't super modern streets where you come out, and it's, like, a main street, and there's taxis. So we're running around and wandering and we changed into cute clothes we're running around these winding streets just trying to get to a road that is like not foot traffic so that took us like 10 minutes the boat our like sailboat had been late we finally find a taxi they take us and i'm not timing it i'm like oh, it's probably 15 minutes it was closer to like a 30 minute drive <laughs> we get there we had to get cash out to pay the guy and then we're trying to find this restaurant. And again, it's like navigating all these like winding, winding paths. It took us another 10-ish minutes to find the restaurant. So we find it and it was beautiful. It was literally, I highly do recommend it because it is in the perfect spot to see the sunsets. Like people gather on what they call Castle Hill and all around this restaurant um, just to watch the sunset. So we had these beautiful seats right on the balcony. The food was amazing. We got this like baked feta and wine. Of course, we got ouzo because we had to cheers with some traditional ouzo. Um, it was beautiful. And the sunset was amazing. And it was it was so romantic and like one of the best ways to end the trip. And seeing then like all the lights come up over those like classic Santorini like houses yeah. that are piled up the hill. Um Although I will say, I said the sunset was amazing. It was actually the cloudiest day that they had had. So there was like, we were also, it was like all very rich people, I think, at this restaurant. Not that it was crazy expensive, but just one of those hoity-toity places. And some guy was like, people clapped when the sunset ended because it's just what you, what everyone was doing. And some guy was like, I don't know why they're clapping. Like, it wasn't that good. And I was like, shut up. Like, this is still a sunset in Santorini. Like, come on, man. Um, Beautiful. And I texted that taxi driver to be like, hey, 
We're finishing dinner in 20 minutes. Will you wait for us? Because our boat had a hard leaving time of like 9 p.m. Yeah. And at this point, it was like 8. Like we had time. And so we like pay our tech. We leave. We wander. We like wander a little, not super fast, back and take a few photos. And then we're like standing where our taxi is supposed to be. We can't find them. We can't see them. My WhatsApp's not working. We spent like 20 minutes running around searching for this taxi. Finally, I just found a random taxi, followed him down the street, was like, please take us back to the port. He had no idea what I was talking about. I had to describe the cruise port, which was the main spot. He takes us back and like our driver out was driving crazy fast. That was one thing with like every Greek taxi we had was like, you just hold on for dear life and they speed and like zigzag. This guy was driving like the normal speed limit. (laughs) Unlike any taxi driver we'd had the whole week. And we just watched the minutes tick and tick and tick. We had three minutes left or five minutes left to get on the last tender back to our cruise ship. Yeah. And we're sitting in stop traffic <laughs> and I'm like sweating Hunter and I at this point are like we're staying in Santorini and I was like you're gonna have to be the one to call my mom like you have to call my mom and ask her to book the hotel and like our flight from Santorini to Athens because we we're flying out the next day but we're like Hunter's like being supportive I'm like panicking I'm sweating I'm like sir like is there any other way like are we close and he's like I've never seen traffic here before like there's never been traffic here this is crazy and I was like I'm crying in the back seat <laughs> He pulls up and it's it is nine o'clock or eight fifty nine and again it's not a main street outside of the cable car we still have to take down, so we are running uphill through winding streets on a full stomach and uzo. I honestly was about to be like, I'm gonna vomit. Just leave me here. It doesn't matter. We don't make it, and we're running. I'm like, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. You didn't. We're make way. It. Pa- we're- I mean, you didn't. We make d- it. we didn't make it. <laughs> We're, we're at the cable car. There's no one else around. They they know that our ship is leaving and we still have to like pay the three euro, like find the cash to like pay the three euro to get down. And then the cable car is moving like, like so slow. And I can see the tender and I'm like, oh my God, please don't, please don't go away. Please don't go away. We get out and book it and like port security is standing there. Port authority is standing there. Like the... Um, highest ranking officer that is on land is standing there because they they have to like you know check in with Greek authorities when they leave like they can't stay yeah and they're all just staring at us oh and also we got a bag of baklava to go so with this is like showing up late to class with coffee like we're running up with takeout baklava (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I'm so sorry and they were really they were pretty nice about it but they were like get on the thunder we got on we were the, they literally closed the doors and left and we were five minutes after and the people behind us um i forget if we ran into them later on that night on the cruise or if they told us them but they were like yeah we heard them you had one minute and they were leaving no matter what like they and and the guy the commanding officer that was there had told them because they were they got there like two minutes before the deadline so they were rushing too and they were like they knew there were two more people and they had an exact deadline that the captain would allow them to wait for you until um and then you were leaving and i guess he had said some captains won't wait at all and so that was very stressful it was a very stressful end to it all so hopefully you learned your Um, lesson though maybe 
I mean, the universe rewarded us. No, I learned my lesson. I won't. I won't cut it that close again. But okay, of all the well, places to get stranded, Santorini wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah, and then we went back and had a lovely night of dancing and uh, listening to music. And I just my favorite types of drinks I've learned are frozen drinks. Like I want four thousand pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris and nothing else. <laughs> ever again on a cruise ship when you're drinking those things of course Uh, exactly and have it be like on the package um (laughs) yeah and it was lovely and then very sad you know the next morning we had to leave i had one last like really good well not really good but i i was like i won't eat some crappy sandwich in the airport so i got i don't even remember what it was but like one of the things like pastizio or something that i hadn't yeah. had yet i was like i have to oh so i got spanakopita nice i was like spanakopita and a greek beer um and then we came home that's a nice last meal it. though to wrap it up it was and now i really want like mythos and spanakopita <laughs> i think you could probably find the mythos somewhere at least i'm sure there's some importer i know I know, but that's dry for me now. But that was it. And it was it was lovely. It was a lovely reintroduction to travel. Yeah. You know, coming home engaged isn't so bad. My parents had cake and champagne waiting. Now we're yes. in like full wedding planning swing. It's all about you so, at this point. Oh, ju- yeah. Just about us. Yeah. So it was lovely. And I still like, I have so many photos printed that I need to hang up. Also, stray kitties everywhere. Every oh single God, place. Yeah. There was stray kittens and they were so cute and i wanted to bring one home they are so adorable and they just have you would love it yeah they're great i uh out of everything i think i enjoyed hearing about delos the most i thought you would there's so many stories and so much history there you should you should read up on it i think you'd really like it i'm gonna take that as a little bit of my homework and report back next next one we record the question is going to be jordan what did you learn about delos <laughs> that'll be fun <laughs> from your reading i'm gonna ask you well i don't have a question corner this time that's okay this is a long one so we got it all in there though yeah so that was a wonderful trip and i'm glad you were able to share it with me and i'm glad you were able to uh to get the most out of it too and also share it Thanks. with your person. Yes, share it with my person. But yeah, it was great. And I was so happy. And now I'm glad I got to share it with you. Unravel Our Travel is back. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> the end. Thanks for listening. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions, feel free to email us at unravelourtravel at gmail.com.